I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emma Scoville. Welcome to Gym City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We are from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. Today is May 25th, 2020. One year ago, on May 25th, 2019, Nine members of a KKK-affiliated group gathered in Dayton's Courthouse Square. The members were met with protests, billboards, signage, RTA buses lighting up messages of unity. One year ago today, our community went through a traumatic weekend, a weekend that birthed the movement of Dayton Strong. This is our third and final episode in our series highlighting the voices of citizens and city leaders. Today's episode is going to be focusing on individuals who attended either the protest against the KKK at City Hall or individuals who attended the event, An Afternoon of Love, Unity, Peace, and Inclusion at McIntosh Park. We will begin with some historical background of the KKK in the Dayton area to give some context to the role of white supremacy in our history. Following the history, we will hear the stories of three different individuals who attended the various events that day. Due to the current restrictions imposed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, these episodes are recorded remotely to avoid any possible health and safety concerns. My name is William Trollinger, and I'm a professor of history in the History and Religious Studies departments at the University of Dayton. One of the most significant features of American life in the 1920s was the inescapable, powerful presence of the Ku Klux Klan. The white-robed Klansmen with their fiery crosses and their fiery rhetoric seemed to be everywhere in that decade. With an estimated 5 million Americans, 4% of the nation's total population as members. Unlike the first KKK, which emerged in the South after the Civil War, this second KKK was a truly national organization. Indiana was the site of the Klan's greatest political achievements, with control of the governor's office and other state-level positions. But Ohio seems to have had more Klan members than any other state of the Union, with 400,000 members at its peak. To quote one historian, during the 1920s, it seemed that the mask and hood had become the official symbol of the Buckeye State. Just like today's KKK, the Klan of a century ago hated African Americans and Jews. But in Ohio, the Klan directed most of its hatred toward Catholic immigrants from Eastern and Southern Europe, who they believed to be unchristian, they thought true Christians were Protestants, and un-American, they thought Catholics were papal puppets. Perhaps the largest Klan hotbed in Ohio was Dayton where 15,000 citizens, approximately 20% of all the city's white Protestants, 15,000 citizens were Klan members. Dayton was illuminated by burning crosses in the 1920s. One Catholic woman who was a teenager in the 1920s reported that seven decades later, she was still spooked by the memory of crosses burning almost every night near her home. The Klan also held huge rallies at the Montgomery County Fairgrounds, 
One rally in 1923 attracted 32,000 enthusiastic supporters, including 7,000 who were initiated into the Klan that night. Among other things, those rallies at the fairgrounds were designed to intimidate the University of Dayton, the Catholic school just two blocks down the road. But as elsewhere in Dayton, the Klan's primary means of intimidating UD was the burning of crosses on campus. One state student later recalled that it was the Klan's joy and delight to come out on the campus and burn a cross or two. And in December 1923, the Klan set off 12 bombs throughout the UD campus, fortunately not killing or seriously wounding anyone. All this to say that it is not that surprising that an Indiana Klan-affiliated group came to Dayton last May. It is very much in keeping with the history of this city and this region. As was predicted, it turned out that there were not many honorable sacred knights who showed up on Courthouse Square. But do not be fooled by these numbers. The honorable sacred knights, I have to say what a ridiculous name, but then so is Ku Klux Klan. The honorable sacred knights is only one in a constellation of white nationalist organizations currently active in America. More than this, there is no question that white supremacists have been emboldened in past few years, willing to be much more open in their racism and bigotry and threats of violence. For evidence of this, all we have to do is look at the current protests against stay-at-home orders in response to COVID-19. I was very pleased with how Mayor Whaley and the city responded to the Honorable Sacred Knights rally, and I was even more pleased that the city and county refused to grant these white supremacists a permit this year. As regards the long-term effects of last year's rally, maybe it brought home to Daytonians that white supremacy is alive and well in America, as it has been since the first slave ship arrived here in 1619. The reason why I attended the KKK rally is because I wanted to make sure that someone from my community was represented. I was also very curious because this was the first protest that I attended in which it was actually dangerous and weapons were allowed. So I was curious to see how people would react. But overall, it wasn't that dangerous once I got to the scene. Um, everyone was very calm. While I was at the protest, I saw a lot of people from different walks of life. There were people that traveled from different states to be part of the protest. Um, I was also very taken back by the number of weapons that I saw. Almost every person was carrying, which was kind of alarming for me, but at the same time, I wasn't that concerned because everyone seemed to be calm and seemed to be there with the goal of silencing the KKK side. The, enti the entire day ended up representing unity for the city of Dayton. Everyone came together. Since the KKK visit consisted of a very small number of people, their effect on the Dayton community was very small. If anything, it brought people together and it showed them that 
there was no hatred in Dayton and that they can't come here and be represented. I'm not surprised that the city denied their request for a new permit. I think the city realized that it's not worth spending all that money to allow a small group of people spread hate. Uh, my name is Austin Rowley III. Uh, I, at the time of the Klan rally and events, was 24 years old and um, worked in the Dayton City Commission office. I think it's important to note that I am uh, a 24-year-old African-American male, so um, all these events kind of uh, um, hit a little differently as, as they do for anybody or would have for anybody in the same situation. Um, that day, or at least the weeks leading up to it, it had kind of been decided by the Dayton City Commission office that we would stay away from the downtown rally. And that was for um, that was for several reasons. One, because safety was our number one priority. And um, there were some very volatile figures um, who would be in the downtown area. And so obviously for the safety of our commissioners, but also to kind of set an example um, to the people, uh, we, we wanted to make sure that whatever event we went to was not downtown, but also uh, really spoke to what what the heart of Dayton was. And so um, feeding into, and this was kind of the, the prevailing thought, feeding into going downtown, feeding into uh, that group just being agitated, feeding into um, you know, the thousands of people who we expected to come up to either uh, rally against or for, potentially, we didn't know at the time. But, you know, just being, just trying to be more of a beacon of we're above that and not uh, kind of fall into that trap. Now, that's that's not to say that the people who went down there fell into the trap because, uh, you know, several times it was it was stated that, if you want to go downtown and you want to directly protest against uh, those individuals, then you have every right. Um, all we were concerned with at that time was, was truly safety. And, you know, we asked people to be safe and be smart because, you know, there's nothing worse than losing a the life. There's nothing worse than, than, than somebody being hurt. And there's nothing worse than if things got, you know, if, push came to shove that, you know, it it would it would be a terrible thing if we lost, you know, even if somebody got hit or hurt, it would have it would have been a terrible outcome. So um we went to the the uh the event at Macintosh Park, which was was honestly amazing. Um because no matter who uh no matter who you really saw or who you were associated with, for the most part, everybody was there. Um, you know, there were people who had, you know, let's, for lack of a better term, opposite political affiliations. There were people who had opposite um, thoughts on how things should be run in the schools. There were people who had been, um, you know, agitators to both sides. And it really was interesting to see that all of those individuals were at this event. And, and, not, and not even in the sense of at the event, stand away from each other, stand in their corners. It was, they were at the event, they were congregating, they were talking, they were eating, they were laughing, they were in circles. And, and, um, you know, I'll never forget that. Um, it's, it's, it's such an ominous feeling when we're, we're at the park, people are laughing, 
There are performances on stage. There are kids running, you know, food trucks all around. And, and there's just a helicopter circling downtown, downtown Dayton. You can see that from the park. You, you, you can see the helicopter just circling and, you know, it, it, it was it was kind of a bleak reminder that although there were so many good things happening at the park and in other locations around Dayton and um, that that there was still, you know, these people, troublemakers, these racists, these bigoted, these bigots um, who were downtown causing more mischief. And so um, it was always uh, in the back, at least in the back of my mind, very bring me back to the real moment moment uh per se because you know as people are at the park laughing talking celebrate you know celebrating who we are and not falling into that trap you know you if you look back you see this helicopter circling downtown and and you know what it's for and and, and you know you're checking your twitter feeds and you're checking your news feeds and you're just making sure that nothing crazy is going on downtown and you're hoping that and we're just right across the bridge so if anything happens you know we're extremely close but it's 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 it was just such a an anxious and very very anxious and heavy couple of hours although it was fun it was happy it was jo- joyous in the moment there was still just this level of you know, can we breathe? Can we, um, uh, how do we, you know, what, the what ifs, what if this happens? What if this happens? And that's constantly what's going through your mind. And even though you're trying to enjoy the moment, it's just, it was just so hard to, um, get past the fact that this is happening and it's happening now with, with all that being said, the, at the end of the day, I, I it happened, it, it all happened the best that I believe it could. I mean, the best possibility was that they never, <laughs> they never showed up. But um, the, the the best thing that could have happened was that there was no loss of life, there was no loss of property, um, there were no conflicts for the most part, there were no, like I said, there were no injuries, there was no need to really um, use all of the resources that we had to use that day in that that day in excessive force so that 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 was really i mean the way it ended um was really the best that could have happened but on the on the flip side um it it kind of you know in, in hindsight again this is before <laughs> the tornadoes the next day the shooting and everything else that happens so far behind that but it was really it was really that first glimpse into you know uh, Dayton really being strong, but Dayton really being connected. Um, because whether you were downtown, whether you were at the park, whether you were at another event, you know, you you knew what you were fighting against. You knew that you weren't just there to take a photo. You knew that it was more than just a photo. You knew it was more than just saying that you were there. You knew that this was a real threat and, you know, something that Commissioner Mims, who who had been fighting this fight for years, you know, this is something that he fought constantly back in his day. But you know, to to now fast forward to the, I guess you say the the this decade or, or the, I guess last decade now it's twenty twenty. But um, to really fast forward to see that these people still exist, they're still out here, they're still trying to disrupt peace and progress. You know, it was really it was eye-opening, but the people of Dayton really, and, and people around the region as well, really came together and said, we're not accepting this, you know, and and you could truly see that from the city, from Sinclair, from United Way, 
from the NAACP, from NCCJ, from just all of these organizations that just partner. And it showed, like, if, if we could really come together for an issue like this, that the, 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 the level and the power would, would just be phenomenal. And it was. The things that we got done was just, was just amazing. So that really, as an outcome, was, you know, it was, it was truly, it was truly just a glimpse into how much we would come together throughout the year, but really just when we really put our heads together, as we always say, we try to do what we can accomplish. With, with all that being said, um, it, it kind of just ties into the fact that they were, the, the KKK proved to not be bigger than Dayton. And that's what we had said, but we had seen that in certain places like Charlottesville, that sometimes those individuals can sometimes be bigger than that city that they go to. They can sometimes bring enough hate, bring enough fear, bring enough disruption that it, that it changes the whole culture of, of a city. It changes the whole name. It changes the whole, you know, feel of what a city is. And Dayton truly showed, uh, that, you know, that, that was not going to happen. Um, I think them coming kind of, restarted conversations about what does bigotry look like? What does inclusion look like? Who, who really, what does intolerance really feel like? How is intolerance shown not only through actions, but shown through character? How is it shown through how you get hired? Like these were things that I, the conversations that were starting to happen. Now, again, unfortunately, as we start to have those conversations, literally the next day, um, you know, we get hit with a tornado <laughs> Uh, which, which again, I, I, I only chuckle because, uh, uh, you just think back and all the things and it's, it's, again, it's amazing that, you know, the city's been able to rally again and again and again and again and become stronger and stronger and stronger, you know, <laughs> and this, this joke may go over some people's head. It may not, but, uh, I always call Dayton like a super Saiyan or a Saiyan. It's a, it's a, it's a Japanese, uh, cartoon called uh, Dragon Ball Z, and uh, every time a Saiyan, you know, gets beat up, they come back stronger. So the idea is that every time this main character named Goku gets hit, he he loses, he comes back stronger. He he, he gets hit, he loses, he comes back stronger. And eventually, he's so strong that really nobody can can defeat him. And I I tell this joke to people who understand it, but I say, you know, Dayton is like Goku. You know, at at times it gets hit, it may fall down, but it always gets up stronger. And when it gets up stronger, it's visible and it's and you can see it. And it's not just the we're saying we're stronger. It's like no, you you can feel it. You can feel that grit. You can feel that 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 energy that that's really pulsating throughout the city. And you know, walking through, you know, we can walk through downtown and see somebody, and they have you know a different story about that day. But at the end of the day, you realize that that person became better because of it. Um, so it truly was, um, you know, their, their effect wasn't negative. Again, it, I think it brought the city together and it's unfortunate that it, it, we needed that for us to be united, but you know, it was truly, uh, it was truly amazing. With the recent news that they reapplied, I think that is again, um, it's a tactic of the week. The week tend to know what, what riles up, um, who they want to rile up, uh, because, what happens is um, those 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 individuals don't have teeth. They can't do much now, you know. So when you so when you don't have teeth, it means that if you bite me, it's not going to hurt. But the fear of you biting me is what they try to get out of it. The fear that I am around is what is, is what gets you out of it. There's a there's a snake um, 
there's a snake, I believe it's in North America, but there's a snake that has like the same color pattern as a venomous snake. And the whole idea of that is, it's to scare predators away. Now the idea is that if this snake bites you, it's harmless, right? But at the end of the day, you don't know that if you don't have the knowledge behind it. And so um, they're still operating in the in the idea that we don't have the knowledge behind their tactics. And we do, we know, we know what they plan to do. We know how you want to agitate. We know how you want to scare. We know how you want to rile up and it's not going to work. Like last year, it did not work. It's not going to work again. You're trying to say, in their minds, they're thinking, we get it. Um, let's, let's do, let's get the permit and we're going to show them that we're not backing down. Well, that's fine. Because when you, when, you know, when last year we had planned for there to be so many people and, and so many people in their support and whatnot and to come out and there were only a few of them, you know, it again showed how weak, how weak of a of a stance it is. And to come back, you know, will again show how weak of a stance it is, you know. And if you believe that um they get more people, it still won't be enough to fight the good fight that we're fighting on our end, which is that uh I truly believe that there is more good than bad in this world. There are more people, especially in Dayton, who believe that what you're doing is wrong, the bigotry is wrong that racism is wrong, that any form of discrimination is wrong, and that if you try to bring any of that energy to the city, that it will quickly be expelled and quickly be pushed out because we are better and stronger than than anything that you represent. Hello, my name is Gloria Papatera, and I am a political science student at Wright State University. Um, I am 26. And I volunteer with NCCJ on a pretty frequent basis. You know, social justice is always something that has lit a fire inside of me, per se. And the entire circumstance surrounding the arrival of the um, the KKK here in Dayton that day was ridiculous and controversial. And it was just kind of painful. Um, And I remember wanting to go to the rally that morning. I wanted to go. I wanted to see them. I wanted to be there. And we ended up having an NCCJ event later that day at a different location at the afternoon of love, unity, and peace. And I fought with myself very hard. I asked a lot of friends of mine what their opinions were about whether I should go or not. Um, There was the whole issue of safety. You know, we weren't sure how safe it was going to be. People were going to be um, open, using their open carry, like bringing them and we could see them. And I think that I ended up making the decision to just go to the afternoon of love, unity, um, peace and inclusion. And as soon as I arrived, I immediately felt a sense of peace wash over me. And I no longer felt this rage that I had been feeling for weeks before leading up to this day. I think the entire day, especially there at the park, like you, you ran into so many people who just wanted to, to be together, who wanted to show that love trumps hate and that together we can move towards a more just and equitable society. I think that as time has gone on, um, it, it's something that is lasting in the sense that you don't forget that they came here. You don't forget that in a lot of the 
areas here in Dayton, there are a lot of people who participate in white supremacy groups, a lot of people who believe in this ideology. And it really just reminds you of the fact that, you know, civil rights might have been 60 years ago, 65 years ago, and we're still fighting. We're still fighting to just get basic access to things. People are still fighting to get basic access to things. And it was so beautiful to be able to see everybody standing together, holding hands, singing, laughing, and just enjoying the company of each other in a safe place. Um, About a year later now, the KKK getting denied, I think, was a really... (laughs) It just feels um, like a step in the right direction. I think sometimes we get very discouraged. And I'm somebody who would like to move into um, legal aspects in my career. And I think that when you're unable, you know, the Constitution grants people a certain amount of rights. But in my opinion, I think that there are things like hate speech um, that incite terror, incite panic. Um, It's something that I feel very strongly should be there should be some kind of way to monitor what that is, to be able to classify what that is so that we can prosecute people who are outwardly spewing hate and spreading a message of hate. Because what happens is words matter. The more you talk, the more you internalize, the more you believe those things. And the more you become rooted in an ideology that is harmful. And it goes in the reverse. The more you fight it and the more you learn and the more you grow, the more you can be an activist. And I feel like denying them the request, we were able to do that because we learned from the first time around. And as an activist, we have to be able to learn, to be able to move forward, to be able to take steps like this, to protect each other and to keep hate out of our community. So very grateful for the city of Dayton and everything that is here, the people, our mayor, Dayton showed up that day. Thank you for tuning in to Gem City Diversity. Make sure to come back next time as we dive into our next topic. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, go visit www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton. I'm Emma Scoville, and I was joined today by my co-host, Lake Miller, and we'll see you next time.